So Father Kaz and I switched again. Normally he does Tuesdays, but we've been, he's been kind of busy in different things. So I think he will be doing the mass tomorrow. So thank you for letting me be with you today. Uh, today here, um, we talk about the apostles. Now, last time I did a talk about the apostles, it was something from a different angle. But today I want to talk to you a little bit more who they were. It's funny because without them, the work of Christ would not have extended to the whole world. Now, of course, Jesus is God, and if he wanted to, he could have personally met with every single person who ever lived at, or was living at the time and evangelized them because he could buy, try, quad, lo locate, could do whatever he wanted. But he chose to go through the apostles. Now, what's interesting is when I used to do a lot of parish missions, a lot of times I would get some comments of people saying, well, you know, Father, you're just preaching to the choir. And, and that's kind of true because everybody who would come to a parish mission was usually strong and practicing of their Catholic faith. And they would say, you're just kind of preaching to the choir. And I would always answer, there's something called the Jesus model. And the Jesus model to his apostles, he would have been preaching to the choir. But no, the Jesus model is teach the teachers. So when I would go to the missions and then we'd have a full church, I would say, I'm not preaching to the choir. I'm teaching the teachers. And that is the Jesus model. So all of you listening, those of you who are here and those of you who are listening, when we give these teachings of the faith, you could say, oh yeah, 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 I know that, I know that. You're preaching the, the choir, Father. Actually, it's God reaching your heart to be the teachers. And so if it be by example or however it is that God uses you. Now, the fact is Jesus chose this. So, and what he's doing here predates the Bible. Notice that the Lord <coughs> is choosing the men of the church first. These were his living books. Jesus didn't have a book. Jesus' living books were the 12 apostles. That's why we in our Catholic faith have sacred apostolic tradition. This is called the apostolic college. This is what we call the magisterium. And we need it along with scripture and tradition. So yes, Jesus was God, but it said he prayed. Why? Why did Jesus pray if he was God? All right, taking you back to seminary, in our Christology class, we learn that Jesus was his intellect. Okay, every human, all of us have an intellect and a will. An intellect is our mind that processes things, and then our will is how we choose to act. Did Jesus have a human or a divine intellect? And did he have a human or divine will? Think of the heart. So the intellect's kind of like the brain. The will is kind of like the heart. My mind tells me what I should do, and then the will either does it or not. Did Jesus have an, a divine intellect and will or a human intellect and will? Both. He had them both. Yes, he was God, but he did not simply use his infinite knowledge of his divine intellect and will to pick the apostles. He was acting from his human 
intellect and will. So he prayed. That's is why Jesus prays to God like he's subservient. And people say, non-Catholics or non-Christians say, well, he's not God. Well, he's in his humanity. He is subservient. So two intellects and two wills, but one divine person and human in nature, both divine and human in nature. So anyway, he was in his divine intellect, omniscient. He knew everything. But in his human intellect, he still had to learn to be a carpenter. He still had to learn things as he grew up. That's why the Bible says as he grew, he learned to do things well. That's his human intellect. So he faced this as a man and the picking of the 12 apostles. He just didn't say, hmm, as God, I know this guy will betray me, so I'm not going to pick him. No, that's not what Jesus did. He faced this as a man, and he knew he had to seek the will of the Father and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because this is an example to us. We, too, need to rely on the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, to seek the will of the Father. This is exactly what Jesus did. So Jesus picks them from his disciples. Remember what uh, past homily? Disciple means a learner. So a student simply didn't study a subject back then. When you were a learner, you were a student. You just didn't study a subject. What you did is you found a mentor, a teacher, and you followed it around. It's kind of like uh, Socrates, Plato, and uh, Aristotle, right? And so you found a teacher. Well, anyway, the Greek word for this is apostolos, which means ambassador. So the word apostle, you've heard me say means send out. It actually means ambassador. And this is interesting because it means that you represent somebody else. When you're an apostle, you are sent out to represent the message of the sender. So when somebody sends out an ambassador, when the president sends out an ambassador, they're representing the president in the United States. Here, Jesus is sending the apostles out to represent him. That's why when the church today speaks, they represent Jesus. And so do you know Jesus was an apostle? Did you know that? Go to Hebrews 3.1. It says, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, our Lord Jesus Christ. Really? Why would Jesus be an apostle? He had a message that he was sending from the Father. So Jesus was an ambassador to the Father. So he actually was an apostle. So basically, for Jews and Greeks, it was dishonorable for the teacher to go and find a disciple. The disciple, this is interesting here, the disciple didn't do that. They would come to him. Jesus flipped this. Jesus did come to the disciples. He came to their level. This is kind of like preachers and, and priests. I noticed some priests, they expect anybody that they're going to work with has to come to them, to the church. Hey, the church is open. Mass is at nine, 8, 10, and 12. But I've seen other priests who go out to the people actually knock on doors of people who used to attend the masses and the church registered members who aren't coming to mass anymore. 
And these priests would literally go knocking on their doors, just checking they're okay. This is awesome. That's the kind of priest. That's good priests. So anyway, that's true evangelization. Now, I want to finish by talking about the specific apostles here. Now, Jesus picked not extraordinary people. Jesus picked ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Not extraordinary people. He picked ordinary people to do extraordinary things. All right, let's go through this really quick. The first was Simon. Now, Jesus calls him Peter, which means you all know rock or stone. But another name for Peter in the Aramaic in one of the Gospels is Cephas, C-E-P-H-A-S. What does that mean? It's in John 1, 42. It also means rock. So it wasn't coincidental. It was Peter Jesus was talking about. Oh, no, they're talking about the rock is the church. No, because Peter's called Cephas in John 1, not only as he was in Luke and Matthew, but he's called it in John 1, which means rock. Now, Andrew. Andrew's listed next. He was the brother of Peter, and they were both fishermen. Actually, Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. They came from a town called Bethsaida, even though Peter now lived in Capernaum, which is where Jesus lived. Now, next it lists James and John. Who were they? They were the sons of Zebedee. They too were fishermen, and they were partners with Peter and Andrew. So Peter, Andrew, James, and John, who you always usually hear together, they were all fishermen together. They were teams. So James and John, they had fierce tempers. So God could work with anybody. St. Jerome is notoriously known for his fierce temper. And so Jesus called them sons of thunder. All right, who's next? Philip. He also came from Bethsaida. And he is the one who brought his friend Nathaniel to Jesus. Now, we did a homily on this a couple of weeks ago. It is believed that Nathaniel is Bartholomew. So depending if you're reading John or the other Gospels, it's either Nathaniel or Bartholomew, and he came from Cana. Then there was Matthew, who was a tax collector. His other name was Levi. So Jesus changed the name as well. Then we have Thomas, who is called Didymus. What does that mean, twin? Then we have the other James. There's Peter, James, John. That's James the Greater. Then we have James the Lesser, known as the son of Elpheus. He's called James the Less, not because he was less important, but because he was younger. That's why they say that. Now, finally, we have two more. Simon the Zealot, not Simon Peter, but Simon the Zealot. What's interesting about him is Jesus can bring and unite anybody. This is why he will unite Muslims, Jews, and Christians at the end and bring them to him. Because Simon was a zealot, and the role of a zealot was to protect Israel from any traitors. And guess who the biggest traitors of Israel were? Tax collectors, because they were collecting for Rome, their enemy. So when you put James, excuse me, Matthew and Simon the zealot in the same room together, they should have killed each other. Yet Jesus brought them together. Then we have Judas, the son of James, not the betrayer, but Judas, the son of James. What was his other name? Thaddeus. Jude Thaddeus. Sometimes you pray for impossible causes. 
If you have an impossible cause you need prayed for, Jude Thaddeus. And now we have Judas Iscariot. Iscariot means man from Kirioph. Now what's interesting, that was a place in Judea. Now what's interesting, he was the only apostle that wasn't from Galilee. Interesting. And <clears throat> I always say this, of all the 12 apostles, who was most likely, by tradition sense, the most educated, cultured, and sophisticated of all the 12 apostles? Judas. And who was probably, tradition says, the roughest, rawest, and most foul-mouthed? Peter. <laughs> And look what happened to Judas, and look what happened to Peter. So God just, wow, it's amazing. And so anyway, to finish here, Judas Iscariot, um, when he died, who took his place? Matthias. He was the one they voted in Acts of the Apostle to replace Judas Iscariot. Now, here's what's interesting. Do you know in the tradition of the church that pretty much every one of the apostles is mentioned having made a huge mistake or caused scandal, except Judas. Judas never had caused scandals. The others did much worse things in their lives, but yet look what happened to Judas. So we can't let our guard down. We can't stop thinking that we've achieved where we need to be without God's help. His grace is daily, conversion is daily. And so Jesus chose Judas knowing that God would allow him to do evil. But God brought a greater good out of it. What is the greatest evil in the history of the world? The creature nailing his creator to the tree. And what is the greatest good that ever came to the history of the world? The passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here is God, even in the greatest inner circle in history, the 12, greater than any boardroom of executives, any um, uh, council to the president or cabinet members of the president. He had the inner 12 and there were problems. There were problems. So we can't get discouraged if we see problems in the church today. We need to pray, yes, but we can't leave the church because of that. So anyway, to finish, you ever wonder why we see kings, or we should say we don't, see kings, presidents, athletes, or actors regularly being used by God? Some you do, few you do, and then they get ostracized like Kirk Cameron and some others. You do, but the men Jesus chose weren't kings, great athletes, or actors, they were ordinary guys. And Jesus chose them knowing they had no special qualifications. They were fishermen. They were not trained theologians. They weren't even high-ranking churchmen. They had faults, but they loved Jesus and were not afraid to tell the world about him. So <clears throat> let us turn to the 12 apostles today. And I guess I kind of smile and laugh because, you know, I always talk about sending you to seminary with me. And I always talk about, you know, I want to teach you everything I learned in seminary. So you don't have to go or pay the money, but you can still learn what we learned. Well, today I'm going to take you back to Catholic grade school. And I, I dug up my memory bank here and I went back and I want to teach you something Sister Dorothy taught me in fifth grade. How do you remember the apostles? 
the word baptism and then replace the I with a J. B-A-P-T-J-S-M. So baptism, but replace the I with a J. Who's B? Bartholomew. Who's A? Andrew. Who's P? Peter and Philip. Who's T? Thomas. Who's J? You have John, James the Greater, and James the Lesser. And Jude and Judas. Who's S? Simon the Zealot. Who's M? Matthew. And then sister taught us a song. I try not to sing because I never want to take away from the sacredness of the liturgy because I was not given that gift. But then I read the litany of humility the other day, and it says, do not be afraid to humiliate yourself. So I'm going to sing you the song Sister Dorothy taught us to remember the 12 apostles. <clears throat> Jesus called them one by one, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Next came Philip, Thomas too, Matthew and Bartholomew. James, the one they called the less, Simon also Thaddeus. Twelfth apostle Judas made, Jesus was by him betrayed. That's your 12 apostles. So God bless you. And remember, these are the 12 that can intercede for us if we acknowledge that like them, we have faults. Like them, we are not major, big, huge figures. We are just the ordinary people. But Jesus used the ordinary people to do the extraordinary. And so don't think he can't use you. And God bless Sister Dorothy because in her, she has instilled at us quite a bit when we were just little kids. We didn't know what we were learning, but those seeds were planted. And I think in many ways, uh, those seeds will last a lifetime if we plant them too in the ones that we love. So God bless you all, and thank you for being with us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org.
micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.